Hey, it's Chad. This episode was recorded last month during Wreckfest World One. Enjoy. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. There we go. Hello, everyone out there in Wreckfest land. I am Chad Sowash, and that is Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese, HR's Most Dangerous Podcast. Welcome to a no-bullshit discussion about the future of HR tech. Today, our guests are Angela Hood, founder and CEO of Startup This Way Global, a.k.a. AI for Jobs. You might remember Angela from Brew Review, recorded at the Last Chance Brewing Company just outside of Austin, Texas. Then we have Amon Brar, CEO of Big Time Applicant Tracking System. You know him. On his shirt, Jobvite. Uh, Amon is a longtime listener, not a first-time caller. Amon, is this the first time we've actually talked, recorded, without being in a bar? I think it's very possible, yes. But it's good, good to be with you all in our virtual bar. At a minimum, okay. alcohol was within 20, 30 feet of where we were. It was yeah, very accessible. Yeah. 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 I think you just described London. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We don't have a lot of time. So let's get to the questions. Joel, you're first out of the gate. What you got? Yep. So, so few know AI more than you guys do in terms of your business. I'm curious about the the state of AI. Where are we versus a year ago, and where is is AI going in in, in regards to employment and recruiting? Angela first. All right. So I will tell you, a year and a half, two years ago, I would start talking about it. People's eyes would glaze over. And they would say, I don't really know what you're talking about. And then about a year ago, people were, all right, now I'm getting smarter about it. They'd heard more. And I don't think, at least for our business, it wasn't until 2020 when people went, uh, okay, we are going to have to use it because that's how we're going to keep up. And they've gotten a lot smarter and they're a lot quicker to adopt it now. So more interested in the, the nuts and bolts of AI. Are we yeah. just throwing... Are we just throwing Microsoft and Google into this thing and saying we have AI or is it more evolved than that? Well, for us, we've been proprietary from the very beginning. Um, I don't think a lot of AI is built. Most AI is built for general use, not specific use. And we really need specific AI inside our sector. So we did not apply like you said, the Microsoft tools and whatever. Um, I think that there's probably a lot of companies that are doing that. I know there's a lot of companies that are licensing things like IBM Watson and, and calling it something different. Uh, and when we go up into like bake-offs with those companies, we win. And I think it's because we built our tech for purpose, for very specific use. And we spent two or three years in dedicated R&D for it. I'm on state of AI. Um, I, you know, I, I think Angela uh, hit on something, which is the, the purpose-built nature of what the folks in the ecosystem are doing is is what matters. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, I think um, it's kind of less important. I, my personal opinion is you ought to be using the best of what's available and also tailing your solution. I don't think there's one company in the HR tech ecosystem that can 
um, uh, you know, hold a candle to uh, the total compute power that Google and Amazon and Microsoft have. Now, it's our responsibility to be asking the right questions to create the right insights to point that compute power towards, you know, moving the needle uh, with HR tech. Now, is there room for proprietary software? Absolutely, right? The way you think about, you know, we've talked about this before, Joel and Chad, how do we dissect you know, a text string and how do we break that down to its parts or when we were the first to launch um, our magic resume process using machine vision. Uh, but we'd be silly to go create machine vision on our own, right? But we found a very novel use case for it or the way we de-identify resumes and transcripts. You know, at the end of the day, I think it's about bringing all those bits together and I think it's less important uh, ultimately as to, you know, or is it proprietary or are you leveraging the compute power uh, that those um, trillion dollar companies have to offer? Nobody saw COVID coming. Go figure, right? Um, but we know hiring is going to ramp up at some point and talent acquisition will not receive a pass if they aren't ready. So when the hire now switch is flipped, will the hiring process look different or will it be same as it ever was? I'm on. Uh, you know, I, some, so much of this is kind of, um, you know, probably vertically based, right? I think there were there were companies uh, that were already embracing, you know, asynchronous ways of, of, of engaging with candidates. They're embracing mobile technologies, embracing automation, video, those types of things. I think those things are here to say. Quite frankly, I think it, it probably moves the needle more with some of the laggards, right? I think the laggards, kind of the latter uh, part of the, the change uh, curve has been forced into digitizing their process. Mm -hmm. I think that creates opportunity for everybody in the HR tech ecosystem. But I think for the, the progressive companies uh, that were at the forefront of their recruiting practice, uh, it's an evolution and, and a refinement. Uh, but I think we're gonna see the biggest change is some of the you know old line types of companies that are being forced to dramatically digitize across, whether it's how they engage with customers or whether it's how they engage with candidates. I think there's a lot of, a lot of change left on the horizon. So do you think they're ready for the scale though? That's the big question. Are they ready for all the scale that they might get hit with when hiring managers are pretty much at the point we need to hire now and we don't have ramped up recruiting teams? Yeah, you know, pr probably not quite frankly. Um, you know, this probably goes in the category of this would be a, a great problem for a CEO to be focused on on solving as they as they work through this piece. I do think, you know, uh, for example, where this has really hit home, uh, healthcare uh, customers, they, they've been certainly preparing a, a little more rapidly for the, the uh, need to kind of uh, ramp up. Uh, but I don't think universally, you know, we're ready. But I do think that there are there are pockets and corners of the, the ecosystem that are preparing to, to ramp. So, Angela, this is more on the scale adoption side of the house. Now, you guys have seen some huge adoption within the last six, nine months or so. Do you is that is that because people are finally getting it or is that because COVID has made pretty much the market come to you because they need solutions to, to help them scale? Um, so I think two fronts. So it started at the beginning of this year. And then for us, at least, you know, mid-March to April was just dead. People were still talking to us, but they didn't even know what to talk to us about at that moment. Mm -hmm. And then around um, late May, early June, it, it became uh, a growth experience that we've never had before. So uh, we went from about 32 customers to over 400 in a matter of six months. 
And we will probably, I think we'll probably break 500 by the end of the year based off of what we're seeing. Uh, the, the number or the type of company is broader than it used to be. It used to be primarily only enterprise. And now we're seeing a much broader range. And we're also seeing that, um, so the companies are trying to do more with less. They've laid off some of their recruiters and applicant volumes went up about the same time that extra benefits dropped off. And so they're seeing that, you know, some jobs that had 200 applicants before have 1,000, 1,200 applicants now. The, so part of it is just trying to get through everyone. The other part of it is um, an eye on fairness. So companies care now more about being unbiased and making sure that they have diversity in their selection process because the public is punishing companies that don't do something about it. Do you think the government's doing it? Do you think that there's a government government stick there too, or is it really just more public? Well, I know that the OFCCP compliant companies definitely are a big push into our company. So I know that there's something around that. Mm -hmm. So that would be government related. um, And the threshold to be a government contractor is only a quarter of a million dollars a year. So, you know, you sell a lot of pencils to the U.S. government. You're going to hit that. So there, you know, so that's part of it. And then I think the other part is brands have to care about the candidate experience. You cannot have the level of unemployment that we have right now and mm-hmm. continue to have black holes for applicants. Those applicants are oftentimes your consumer. They're, they're your customer. You don't treat them fairly. They will remember they will go to someone else. Guys, I'm curious about uh, the platform question. Uh, I know Amon is Canvas. You were you were integrated with a lot of uh, ATSs and platforms. Angela, I know it's a big part of your business. We did a whole podcast on on the Salesforce integration. Amon, I know it's a focus for you guys now to build out that platform to have those solutions. I'm curious, particularly from Angela, are there, do you see threats in this model? Um, can you live without it? What has it meant to your business? And Amon, um, how focused are you guys on building this thing out? How important is it to your customers? And are there maybe future platforms that we don't see? Uh, the chatbot phenomenon, for example, uh, could be a future platform model. Looking for your thoughts on that, Angela? Yeah, I mean, we care very deeply about our ATS partners, our CRM partners. So we don't take those partnerships lightly. And we look at it as we're an OEM that should be kind of like an Intel processor and a computer, we want to sit inside the ATS and the CRMs and make it better. So that part, the relationship is very important for us. Uh, We do have our own platform that we're launching um, in about 30 days. And anyone that's listening to this is welcome to apply to be part of the beta for free. And this allows them to use our platform independent of an ATS. A lot of it is really intended to help make sure that they get the product validation they need before they do an integration. But our preference is to go to where our user is sitting. Our user is typically sitting inside an ATS, and we want that experience to be the best for them. The the more seamless we are inside that ATS is what matters to that customer. That's And if they have a better experience, they're going to have the stress reduction we're looking for, have value in our product. But it's reliant upon companies like Jobvite to partner. If they don't partner effectively and partner strongly, then it's hard for us to partner. Come on. Yeah, I think uh, 
you know, that role, the talent acquisition function, the complexity continues to increase, right? So there's everything from recruitment and marketing and messaging and the, the, the basic, you know, uh, source of record and the process. And yeah, I think the platforms have to evolve with the complexity of the job. I really think that's what, what is driving the, the platform sale right now is just the increasing complexity. I think uh, one of the benefits, uh, I think it's an opportunity through COVID, is once you uh, get on a platform and you can consolidate the data story and help the talent acquisition function actually participate in the business conversation, right? And, and that's really where we're absolutely headed, right, is how do we drive uh, and, and be champions for RTA leaders to drive business outcomes? And I think ultimately having the breadth and depth in one platform allows you know for a lot more of that data and that story to come together. With, with that said, it'll be important, just as it always has been, to partner with uh, you know the point solutions that are in the space. We all know lots of innovation will be driven by folks that are narrowly focused on trying to to upend one particular portion of it. I do think. Uh, uh, Joel, to your point that, uh, you know, look, we're, we're no doubt we're kind of in, a, in some phase of a uh, of a UX transformation, right? That's shifting away from clicking buttons to one that uh, feels more natural and conversational in orientation, whether that's the, the chat bot uh, for the candidate or whether that's just the way a recruiter gets something done, right? At the end of the day, you know, I think we'll move past button clicks into things like commands, right? And things like phrases that allow you to, to move through a process, whether you're a recruiter or a candidate. Do you see the platform remaining free or do you, do you find that that'll be a revenue source for you at some point? Uh, it's, it's a good question as far as plugging into the, the platform overall, Joel. Also, for example, uh, Fortnite and Apple are right now in a, a big battle in terms of, of revenue and, and what they're giving to Apple. Um, on the ATS side, some charge, some don't. Um, I'm pretty sure yours is free at the moment, but I'm, I'm curious, do you think all of these things will have a tax at some point or do you think they'll remain free um, based on consumer demand? Yeah, it's, you know, look, I think it's, a, it's um, a great question. I think it's a business model choice. I actually think both are probably going to be possible and present in, in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's probably an avenue. I mean, we're fortunate in that no single player Kind of owns ninety nine percent of the of the revenue share of the, of yeah, the profit there's, share. There's no iPhone. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. iPhone. So I think if there is, we might have a, a challenge there. I, I, I do think that to me that the important platform question uh, for for all of us is that you know one of the things we really want to express in the industry, and this is beyond Jobvite, but for for all of us and, and certainly our competitors, you know, talent acquisition teams deserve to work with companies that really care deeply about talent acquisition, and I think. You know, one of the things we, we uh, are, you know, got to continue to fend off by educating the business world is if you go all in on, on ERPs, you're certainly going to miss out on, on talent acquisition expertise. That, that, by the way, is not the ERP's fault. That, that's our fault, right, as a collective industry for not driving uh, enough conversation around business outcomes. So I think we've got a heavy lift ahead of us. And that, to me, that's the really relevant platform question for the industry right now. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, 
tips and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So how how has this, Aman, changed your roadmap? I'm sure it is 100% different, or, or is it? Is it different from what it looked like in January? What's your roadmap look like? Yeah, I would say uh, not, not 100% different. I mean, look, no doubt we... we but believed in asynchronous messaging technologies pretty pretty early in, in this. We believed in different ways of screening candidates that didn't require face-to-face meetings or even 30-minute phone calls. So certainly that that part of our business continues to accelerate. Uh, we talked a lot about, uh, you, you can recall a year and a half ago, kind of all in on driving business outcomes via data. If you think about remote hiring, that's one thing. Now think about remote talent acquisition, right? Data is more important than ever in order for them just to articulate their own value to the orb, right? So I think, you know, quite frankly, our roadmap is is pretty tight and we feel like very much, uh, you know, on track. Um, what's been important for us is, you know, for example, I, I, think, I think we're still in the early waves of messaging and a UX transformation around you know, chat-like concepts. So how do you embed that more? You know, we've been really focused on embedding those technologies more deeply across telemetry and job bytes. I think there's a lot of that. So I wouldn't say, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, disruption to our roadmap. I think we were fortunate to have good insights there and have had more progressive customers that were pushing us, you know, in that environment. And as you all are speaking to folks, I'm sure you're seeing the same thing. A lot of the folks that, that were more progressive, you know, they're talking about how productive they're being through COVID-19, and that's because they were kind of ready for this digital economy. Then the question is, how how quickly can we help our other customers catch up, right? Um, so I think that would well, be a lot of the story. And then startups are a little bit more ripe for acquisition too, which kind of changes roadmap to, to an extent, I would say. So Angela, you being on the other end, being more startup early, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I would assume that, you know, your roadmap has changed considerably. Am I, am I wrong? You no, know, I, I think probably a lot more than Jobbyte or um, a company that's been in the ecosystem for longer. So uh, two things that we made pretty big changes in is that we had a long-term plan. 2023, we were going to introduce um, how to help the job seeker present what their real skill set is because most people have terrible resumes. And so we said, okay, like, how are we going to help them look better? So we kind of flipped our tech upside down at the AI part of it and said, uh, we've been helping job descriptions be more accurate and helping them remove the bias out of that process. So let's do this for the job seeker as well. Let's move that up. So instead of putting it in 2021, we put it in 2020. We'll use the downtime in late March, April, and May. We use that time. We launched what is called a career companion, and that's in the Android and Apple stores. And so got that out. Um, it doesn't do matching yet. Right now, it's just onboarding, and we're ch- checking to make sure the user experience is really good for candidates. And we've had cities coming to us. So I was just on a road show um, this last 10 days, traveling around to different cities and actually talking to leadership about deploying our matching at a city level because the workforce commissions are not cutting it right now. They can't keep up with the load. The tech was not built for that. Um some of the biggest job boards have come to us and said, hey, can you help us um, 
just power the matching because we we can match all people to all jobs instantly and then also not have any bias in that matching. And that right now is what they're looking for from us. We are very focused on the top of the funnel and um, we don't do anything else. We only do matching. And so when cities come to us, they're saying we have 10,000 people that are unemployed or we have 50,000 people that are unemployed. We need to get all the jobs in. We need to figure out how to make the matches happen. And we've gone through some initial testing and uh, generally, we're making about 32% increase in qualified matching. And this is a, primarily people that are being overlooked for jobs they're qualified for. And a lot of it has to do with companies did not keep up with their technology of the last five years or so. And they're behind. And, you know, I, I hope that companies will invest in platforms because I honestly feel like our technology sits the best inside a platform where a user is using technology day in and day out, gets very used to it, is getting the business outcomes that they need and the value they need. Um, but if they don't want to do that for some reason, then they're going to be able to use our tech on the side. And uh, that way we can address a bigger part of the market at a time where I feel like our role is to help the workforce get back to work. Like we need to play a significant role in this and not just sit back and say, well, we'll just sell tech to the enterprise because that's our ICP. Really, we we have the capability to power this back to great greater success faster. And I think that, you know, you made a good point when you said it's up to us. We need to play an active role. We cannot just sit back and um, not take ownership letting ERPs come in and try to say, oh yeah, we're going to do the same thing as an ATS is absolutely wrong. It's not specific. It's not built for purpose and it won't drive outcomes they need. Joel, you got the last one. Quick hitters. All right. Last one. Uh, what's the future? Um, what are customers wanting? What do you see trending? Uh-oh. We lost uh -oh. Joel. What do you see trending? Let's finish it out that way. I'm on. Hit it. Uh, yeah, you know, no doubt uh, and no surprise. I think we're, we continue to be, you know, all in on a, a kind of data oriented strategy. We think our breadth and depth gives us really great fuel for data to drive our uh, machine learning and data science efforts. I think one of the shifts we're seeing is how do we make the conversation, you know, really less about software and more around insights and conversations and outcomes yeah. that we're trying to drive with the organization. So, mm -hmm. you know, that takes a cultural change, both within our company and the ecosystem, et cetera. Um, you know, I think Angel and I were both alluding to the fact that, you know, we have to partner with RTA leaders to help them continue to get a seat at the table. You know, at the end of the day, I've, I've made this claim a lot. Many CEOs will talk about talent being their biggest problem at the end of the day. Um, I would say, you know, follow their their efforts. Um, so when CEOs articulate talents their biggest problem, uh, the reality is when they say uh, cash in the bank's my biggest problem, they're working with their CFO and they're visiting banks. Mm -hmm. When they talk about sales being my biggest problem, they're out there trying to go drive and close deals. And quite frankly, I think this, many CEOs that tout talent is our biggest problem don't know the first thing about you know their funnel, their stack, the people on their TA organizations. And we have to help. RTA teams elevate yeah. their game to go have those, you know, to have those conversations internally and earn that seat at the table. And it, and if we don't do that, you know, we're we're all going to suffer for it at the end of the day, and and ultimately candidates. So I think that's a, you know part of the charter and the mission that I'm on. Yep. Quickly, Angela. Yeah, one of the trends we're seeing is that uh, people that are in charge of diversity and inclusion, and the TA tech leadership 
that starts reporting to the CEOs, that's who's buying from us because they've got budget, they've got power, they have decision-making authority. And um, I see those companies, they're leading and they're winning the talent because they're making some really smart decisions, not just about us, but about other companies. And I see a bigger demand for um, applications to work on mobile because the home situation, trying to teach kids, you're like, yeah, I don't know when I've got to be like outside in the yard to take a call or try to talk to a candidate or whatever. And I think the drive for mobile and the drive for tech that does not consume all of their bandwidth, they're going to be really critical for, especially in the next 12 to 18 months. Excellent. Joel, close us out. You just got back. Yeah, I had to, I had to cattle prod the, the gerbil to get the, <laughs> the Wi Fi going in. Guys, we appreciate it. For those uh, watching, where can I find out more about Javite and more about? This Way Global. So I'm going to give you my personal email address, Angela at thiswayglobal.com. Ask me for a free trial. Great. Pretty easy to find us on your favorite social channel. I don't think we're on TikTok yet, but hopefully we can change that. But uh, <laughs> look, look for Javite on your, fa- your favorite social media channel. You can certainly follow me at Amandibrar on Twitter as well. Awesome. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks everybody. So much, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.